Hey, Taike, and I'm super excited that you're here with me today and join me in this week's expert interview. Our topic today is of a sensitive nature, and I know many of us are dealing with what we're talking about today. We feel guilty. We feel ashamed. We don't want anybody to know that we are dealing with emotional eating. And my guest today, we're talking and exploring all about emotional eating and how to heal emotional eating patterns holistically. You don't want to miss this interview. Please share it with anybody that might benefit from this episode. It is something that can help so many of us not feel guilty, feel bad, feel ashamed. And instead of being or feeling this way, we are dealing with it and healing this emotional eating. And friends, before we dive in, I want to let you know that the Emptiness Reboot will open its doors again in January. Don't miss out on this opportunity to sign up for this four-week course with me, learn about habit-building strategies, mindset strategies, learn about intermittent fasting, and apply it to your lifestyle, and enjoy exercises, and that includes Pilates, that are not hurting your knees. So without further ado, let's dive in to today's expert interview. I'm Heike Yates, a fitness and nutrition coach with 30 years of experience. I empower empty nester moms over 50 to take back their health and strength to feel vibrant in their second half of life. Right now, you're joined by thousands of empty nester moms around the world who stop dimming their light and instead ignite their spark. On this podcast, I do what I do best, taking complicated information about fitness, nutrition, and mindset strategies, and breaking it down into baby steps that are simple, actionable, and reliable, so you can implement them into your life. I regularly interview some of the most inspiring guests who share their honest stories on how they went from their worst their best in life so that you know you're not alone in your struggles. Join me as we redefine what aging looks and feels like by taking action and saying, yes, I can. This is the Pursue Your Spark podcast. Hello, everybody, and I am so excited to introduce my friend Andrea to you, and she is a fellow German so that's why I'm calling her Andrea instead of Andrea. But Andrea Caprio is an expert in emotional eating and a master transformational nutrition coach and the founder and CEO of Wellness Methods. She developed her food freedom formula to help busy women struggling with cravings and emotional eating lose weight holistically without dramatic changes to their diets or workouts. Andrea's mission is to help others break free from self-sabotage, heal their relationship with food, and figure out how they can live on their own terms. Welcome to the show, Andrea. Hi, Ke. Thanks so much for having me here. And thank you for the listeners to uh, being here on the show. I was so excited. We've been connecting for some while and trying to make that happen. Thank you. And thanks for the lovely introduction. You are most welcome. And since I was on your summit, the food the food freedom formula, the three F's, which we conducted while I was in Hawaii, I was like, what a perfect uh, setup to have you here for my listeners, for the empty nester mom over 50, who I'm sure are dealing with what we're talking about. And that is emotional eating and how to deal with emotional healing on a holistic, holistic way instead of gimmicks and tricks and all kinds of other things. What are you most passionate about, Andrea? Um, I think I'm most passionate about helping others to realize that one, they deserve to be um, healthy and happy, right? And that they are able to, and also to make them realize that it's not them who are broken, but it's the diet industry, right? 
the modern healthcare and diet industry that is all around making us, us women or us people, right, believe that we are the broken um, link here and that we are not able, we are not worthy, we are not lovable or whatever it is, right? And it is not because I really believe and I'm so passionate about personalized nutrition, what I call it, is basically finding out what works for you, right? Heike, you are different than I am. Our listeners are all different from each other and we really need a more personalized approach and helping women I work mostly with women really find that out is, is something I'm so passionate about and it comes also through my own health history um, becoming a nutrition coach when I realized how the right nutrition for me and when I say nutrition I don't mean just food I mean always a holistic approach in there how that right approach for me worked and improved my own health concerns when did so when did that all start happening that you had issues with your own health and you actually recognized that great question so it was actually um uh, about probably seven years ago or so eight seven eight years somewhere around there i had just i've been living like you in many different places right um and at the time i had moved from south africa we lived there for 16 years to Miami and Florida. And I kind of was at the time, I was very stressed. I was worried. I was not eating that healthy and have realized also that I had not been eating that healthy for many years. I've been lying to myself, right? Thinking that, yeah, a few vegetables mean healthy. And I found actually when I was um, in, in Miami, all things, you know, happened together. And I found really that um, I, you know, I was eating too much sugar. I had a lot of migraines. I had like weekly migraines and really bad ones that knocked me off completely. I had really bad digestive issues as well, like bloating. I was very, very low in energy. I think it was almost like a fatigue syndrome or something like that at the time. And I had, um, which I only discovered actually much later, I had over many years before always had fibroids. Um, and fibroids are hormone related, which obviously I didn't know at the time so much. I learned that much later only now, I mean, since I work as a nutrition coach, but um, those fibroids were there and they were growing. And then I saw doctors um, and they said, oh, you need a hysterectomy. And I said, no, I don't want a hysterectomy. Ooh. And, um, and that was my own decision, just a little bit a disclaimer, I'm not telling anybody not to do a hysterectomy, should the doctor tell that. But for myself, you know, I always said, like, unless I, it's a danger to my life, or, um, you know, cancer or something like that, I don't want a hysterectomy. And um, so anyway, I had the fibroids removed, I didn't have a hysterectomy, they would regrow. And two years later, I had again issues, I had them removed, etc. Again, the doctor told me to do a hysterectomy. And I had that done three times over several years. So at that time, about seven years ago, this had always uh, already been in the past, I realized all these things were related to my nutrition. Because the, uh, the, the factor when I realized that was that I came across a really healthy detox at the time, it was really a good nourishing your body with healthy foods with um, um, with vegetables, with healthy proteins, with smoothies, and also do a lot of self-care and holistic lifestyle. And I implemented that over a few weeks. And guess what? Everything improved in my life, literally everything, right? I had energy, I had no more migraines, um, and I had no bloating. I lost weight, by the way, I also had a bit too much weight at the time. And so on, I said, wow, what is happening? And I realized it was obviously due to the life change I was going through. And then as things are, you know, I saw one ad on uh, Facebook that came up, right, I must have researched something. And I saw, oh, nutrition school. And I said, hmm, and at the time, I was in a different business. And I said, Oh, that's interesting. I want to help other people to achieve the same as I have achieved. And guess what, today, I never had any more issues with my fibroids. And migraines, instead of having weekly migraines, I have them maybe three, four times a year. And uh, I have absolutely no issues with energy or anything else, bloating and so on. And I have, have helped over hundreds of clients of mine achieve similar things. It is amazing what, when you realize how, 
uh, it's not, it was not a dramatic change for you, but really changing your diet, which changed everything to a much healthier lifestyle. And my husband has, uh, or had severe migraine headaches when we met and like you quite often, but, <laughs> but I guess because he, he was dating me and married me, he changed his lifestyle of eating and drinking and all this as well as incorporating exercise with what he did. And he too has rarely a migraine. It comes every now and again. Migraines are, there are so many factors that can contribute to migraines, right? Like many other health issues, by the way. And I really believe in a holistic approach there. I mean, migraines can be triggered by the foods you eat and it can be that you're eating absolutely healthy. Um, and there might be a healthy food that triggers your migraine. If you have an intolerance to, for example, a nightshade, or maybe, um, you know, some additives are in relatively healthy foods, even, you know, wine. Um, I like my wine and I believe, you know, wine is, if obviously not too much drunk is, is absolutely okay for many people, but there is, for example, there are sulfites in wine and that can trigger, um, for example, migraine headaches that I found out with myself. So I have to be always careful with that. Um, it can be stress, of course, is a huge trigger for migraines, right? Mm -hmm. And often I feel it's always like a, a a combination of several things happening, right? Nutrition yeah. and maybe some lifestyle, missing sleep. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely a combination of those things. So as we're exploring the connection between emotions and eating, what is the connection between emotions and eating, Andrea? The, the thing is that when we experience emotions, um, we human beings, we are taught normally to push them away, right? And kind of push them down with something else. Now, some people choose alcohol or drugs or some other form of uh, divertisement. Some people choose TV or whatever it is. And some people choose to eat, right? To overcome mm -hmm. either emotions, stress. Now, emotions does not always mean it needs to be negative emotions. Often it is, but not only. Because on the other hand, we also have positive emotions where we eat. Look how we celebrate when there's a wedding or a birth or whatever. It's always combined and we have lived our whole lives right always understanding that whenever something happens emotionally we eat right and very often uh, of course it comes from our childhood and it's the subconscious because we have seen our parents eat when they were emotionally up or down or whatever so we kind of take this over and obviously it's a little bit deeper than that and I'm sure we're going to explore that a bit but that's why so many people put emotions with eating together because also eating is available right I mean, we eat, we need to eat, right? Whereas alcohol and drugs, just as a sample, you, we don't need, right? Somebody might be addicted to, but we do not need that to live, right? So we can take it away, but we cannot just take food away if somebody has um, emotional eating or struggles with any eating disorder or so. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you made a good point. I never thought of that. We also eat when we're happy. That's true. Mm. Like weddings, uh, birthdays, like you said, I've never thought of it as, as eating emotionally in that sense. That's a great point. Yeah, absolutely. Now, why is it, and as I uh, talked with you earlier, I said I um, interviewed, I asked some of my current clients and, and people in my Facebook group of what they would like to know from you as the emotional eating expert here today. So we have a hodgepodge of really interesting questions for you today. Okay. So one of them was, why do we deal with our emotions by eating instead of talking about them? Again, I think coming from how we, we've seen uh, people dealing in our environment, our parents deal with emotions, it's easier just to shovel them away and rather eat instead, right? Talking is not comfortable, right? I mean, people don't like talking. They have, because basically they have to confront these emotions, right? They need to think about them, feel them, uh, accept them, um, defend them, maybe if they talk about it, right? Um, or admit maybe that they are 
weak so it's not necessarily a weakness by the way but they might think that at that moment um, whatever so people are don't like talking I think about their failures right um, mm -hmm. if that is that you know there's some stress or emotional eating so it's much easier to put it away and we've been taught I mean if you look how often have we been told um, you know, don't cry, you know, stop crying as a child, maybe um, boys don't cry, right? Oh, girl, you know, you're a cry, we say a Heulsuse in German, right? A crying <laughs> yeah. Susanna that just came up here. It's funny. Um, but, you know, so we kind of, uh, we are labeled as, you know, crying and dealing and speaking about our emotions is not good. And often then, you know, when we cry, actually, we get a sweetie when we were a child. Look how often you go to the dentist and the dentist gives you a sweetie after. How is that, right? Of after you went to the dentist, exactly. <laughs> or the doctor, right, gives you a little sweetie or whatever it is. So we kind of have been uh, growing up and seeing that, that it's okay when we feel anything, a sweetie will solve the issue. It's a little bit similar to take medicine right for if you have a, an issue take a band-aid it's always the band-aid right quickly mm -hmm. cover it up like under it right and let's let's move on right yeah you make such good points and things that I, I didn't even associate with our topic today I love this you're so right the dentist I remember that oh here's a piece of candy after they, they tortured you with cleaning the teeth right <laughs> oh my goodness it's that's so very true now andrea are there different types of emotional eating or is it all just one umbrella oh great question oh there is a big 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 umbrella um so there is emotional eating and um, stress eating that can be an occasional occurrence, a light emotional eater, let's say, um, that from time to time feels a bit tired or sad or stressed and then, you know, goes to food. But then, of course, there is a little bit more um, eating disorders, which could be anorexia, bulimia, um, binge eating disorder and others. And I don't want to go too much into it. Um, and that is more a disorder so emotional eating can fall under that umbrella but it can also be more the occasional um, or, or habit uh, eater but not being too bad I would say it's a little bit with you know we drink a glass of wine from time to time it's fine but if you start you know drinking three glasses of wine every night it might be a problem if or you start you know drinking in the morning every day or the whole day or you have binge uh you know binge drinking events on the weekend so you kind of um get to a coma almost mm -hmm. yeah yeah i i uh, hear this uh to my intermittent fasting which i'm coaching in my program is i'm like okay this is not that you're fasting during the week that on friday you can just go for it on Saturday, Sunday and say, whoa, now I'm not fasting anymore. I can eat whatever I want. So similar along those lines. It is absolutely. Mm -hmm. And by the way, I, I am uh, quite in favor, depending, but for some people, a cheat day works, but going overboard, absolutely. And then binging is also not uh, something I would recommend. Now, for me, the, the difference is probably is the planning, right? When you oh. plan to eat more on a cheat day for example that's fine you know plan it we have you know um sometimes we have festivities coming up or so you know um holidays or whatever mm -hmm. there are and you say fine i'm planning because i'm going to be with my family or so i plan a little bit more eating that's okay uh, going on holidays or so that's okay however there should be a balance of course i mean it's probably not a good idea to plan you know a binge right that's not what I'm saying here but it's more about I think the emotional eating becomes an emotional eating concern if you cannot control the eating anymore right when you basically start eating and you cannot stop eating or you eat things that you've not planned right um, instead of eating your lunch you are going in the cookie jar or something like that right and that's I think more the concern here you're addressing some of my questions that I have here for you as well. It's like one of them was, how can I control emotional eating or can I control emotional eating? 
It's hmm. a great question as well. You, your uh, listeners have really good questions here, Heike. Now, um, can I control emotional eating? I would say yes and no. It depends, right? Often a good answer is it depends. Let me explain a little bit. <laughs> I don't believe we can control anything, by the way. Um, we can control what we do uh, to an extent and we can control habits. A lot of people think to eat healthy, live healthy, etc. they need what they call willpower, right? Willpower is one of those currencies um, that can run out, right? You don't have enough willpower to overcome everything, every obstacle that are thrown your way or whatever it is to stay and eat healthy or overcome emotional eating or whatever it is, by the way, it goes for many other things. I always say we all have a bag of um, a bag with coins of willpower and we take them out and eventually the bag is empty. So what I'm saying here is we need to rely on something else than willpower. And that's still not control, right? Because willpower is together with control. Control is actually more the outcome here. To have control of something is more the outcome, not the, the habit, not the doing. So what I recommend there is, and it's actually part of my five-step system, which I call the food freedom uh, formula, which you, you mentioned earlier. Um, we talked in the food freedom festival around uh, a lot, is um, my fourth step is actually relearn healthy habits, right? And I am a huge believer of habits, implementing habits like we are brushing uh, our teeth. We spoke about the dentist earlier. Um, <laughs> now, you know, we all learned, or most of us at least, I guess, learned when we were young to brush our teeth. And we started only with one little tooth and then two and then three. It was playful. And today we are brushing our teeth in the morning and the evening. Some even floss their teeth, right? And we don't think about it anymore. And obviously that helps us to keep our teeth a little bit healthier than if we would not do that. And that's basically the way of how we overcome the emotional eating. I mean, there are obviously other steps there, but part of it with not needing control. Mm -hmm. I like that idea because control is also, like you said, we can't control anything because so many things are beyond our control, especially when it comes to eating, people tempting you with food, you're traveling to where you have no food or people pressure you to eat, uh, all kinds of different scenarios. And I don't know if I shared that with you before, Andrea, but I grew up until about the age of 12, maybe 13, and I was obese. And the reason for my obesity and my uncontrollable eating and was that I was always served plates, adult size plate of food. And in the good German way, you do not leave your plate until it's empty. And so from little on, I was taught that I need to appreciate the food on my plate and I need to everything that is on my plate because we can't waste food. It costs money. And so I ended up gaining weight and got bigger and bigger and bigger. And then I had a big mind shift when I was 12. And that's a different story. But it was, it was my, my circumstances that made me an obese child. Have you heard this? Have you seen this in your practice? I have probably 90% of my 80% of my clients have been obese at in their during their childhood or started putting on um, weight. Um, and it depends on, of course, the circumstances. I do work a lot with women who have um, had trauma in their lives. They have uh, been abused. I have a lot of clients with abuse, rape, uh, and so on. Mm -hmm. um, and some also have, uh, from their families, heard um, things like, and there comes, I'm going to jump into the mindset, because you mentioned it earlier, you have to finish what's on your plate, right? That's a mindset. It's a very German one, right? <laughs> Maybe it exists elsewhere, but I know that one too, right? Um, and 
we have otherwise, you know, similar mindsets uh, or limiting mindsets that are put into our minds throughout and we carry around with us. And that's one of the big issue, actually, and I'm working a lot with my clients is we usually are told things in life when we were a child and we believe them and it's in our subconscious things like, oh, in our family, everybody is fat. Mm -hmm. or the parent or the aunt or whoever who says oh you are fatty or you know you're going to be fat uh, for the rest of your life or you know things like that whatever they are I mean there can be in all kind of combinations or then in the contrary not in the contrary but other um, things that I hear often is the parents come home after a long day of work they're finished they're working really hard they need a break and they put the child in front of tv with a bag of chips or candy or whatever it is right and kind of the child thinks oh my parents don't spend time with me they don't love me I'm not a lovable person but those chips candies or whatever love me right because they are here when I need them and that's of course why they will go back over and over to the same food or a similar type of food because that's what is giving them the love they're maybe craving today in their life right when they're emotionally down feeling lonely Mm -hmm. Very true. Very true. And that's, you know, I ended up being that overweight fat child that nobody wanted to play with. And I ended up being lonely for a long, long time. And so when, when clients come to me in regard to weight loss, and they tell me just like they tell you those stories, I was like, I know I can relate. Because mm -hmm. I've been there. I know how that feels. And um, yeah, so before we get into your five steps to create freedom from emotional eating in a holistic way, I have a bunch more questions. Are you ready? Okay, let's, let's get it on. Okay, I'm just like sitting here. I'm just like on fire here. Okay, here one of the things was uh, somebody said, is emotional eating or not being able to stop eating once you start just a bad habit? In a way, yes. I don't like to use the word bad, so it's an unhealthy or an unhelpful habit. So I would mm -hmm. first of all say that. So reframing is first of all that. And yes, it is probably a habit that you have taken up somewhere, probably from your childhood, right? Or in the past. It served at one stage, it might have served a purpose, right? Maybe you were in hospital and, you know, you really needed a pick-me-up and you started eating uh, that way. Or like we uh, explored earlier, you know, our parents put us on the side or whatever it is, right? And that might have served at the time. But today, this habit is not anymore serving you. So yes, it becomes a bad or unhelpful habit in that, right? Because today, if you continue doing that, you will put on weight, most probably, you will eventually become sick, chronic ill, or whatever it is, right? Um, you will probably feel less confident about yourself, and you might retract more, not go out, and you get into this vicious cycle, right? And so on and so on. I mean, I can go on. So yes, it is a um, sort of negative habit. But the good news is, as much as you have picked up that habit, you can replace it with another habit, right? A more helpful habit. And I want just quickly, I hope we have the time, but I find that really interesting. Um, I want quickly just to put something in and, and I get often this aha moment with my clients and I found it out recently, funny enough. I mean, I've been talking about it, but I never realized so much. I'm very big on habits and a really great book, by the way, is called Tiny Habits. Um, so maybe you can pick it up. I love it. I work a lot with that with my clients is really starting tiny habits, small habits instead of big complicated new habits because you're probably gonna fail and that's one of the reasons why many people fail right with dieting with picking up new exercise or whatever it is now the thing is when and and the important part of those tiny habits is that you have a existing trigger and then you do the new habit. So an existing trigger could be that you've had an old habit, a negative habit, and then you can replace it with a healthier, and then you celebrate, right? And that's the way the tiny habits work in a nutshell. I make it a bit quick here. But what is interesting there is the celebration will be taken by your brain into your uh, dopamine or will increase your dopamine level in your brain. 
Now, when you do that and you do it over and over, eventually your brain will know this new habit, let's say drinking a glass of water instead of snacking, is increasing the dopamine level. So it will crave the new healthy habit, which is drinking the water instead of snacking, right? Now, if you take that and you reverse it into the unhealthy habit, it all makes sense because we are so much used to get this dopamine kick when you eat unhealthy, right? And that's why we are craving over and over this unhealthy habit. Who is this book by? Um, Don't worry, Andrea. What we're going to do, guys, is we're going to, Andrea is going to give me the, the link to the book. So we'll put that in the show notes, including with all the links or all the, the topics we're talking about today and uh so you can reach out to andrea but we'll also put the link for the book in the show notes so you can explore it for yourself and and see if it's also helpful with the great idea that andrea has just shared i was like replace an unhealthy habit with a healthier habit and keep practicing that habit and then celebrate that success and I have the name now, quickly Googled it, BJ Fogg, F-O-G-G. But we'll share that. Um, I know yep. it was a complicated name. That's why I couldn't f- remember it. Yeah, because I have a friend who wrote a similar book with a similar title. So I was like, maybe it's her book. And she was a, a guest already on the show twice. But mm-hmm. we'll put that uh, book in the, um, the link in the show notes for you guys. So you have it and can explore it if you choose to. So this was a great example, Andrea. Now. Uh, the other one was why can't I stop eating cravings once I start is similar to what we just said, basically. It's yes, the I know. Kick, right? Absolutely. So you have several things now um, going back to my five steps of my food freedom formula. It's usually always a combination. It's never mm-hmm. just one thing. Right. So, yes, we have the emotional um, side of it. What we explored, our upbringing, our subconscious. We have our mind, like we mentioned, the dopamine, right? We have our gut as well. Now, the gut, as now we go all into the nutrition side, is the gut is um, having a direct talk with your brain, right? And basically, it's called the gut-brain axis, and it's bidirectional. And with it also in the gut, you um, have actually your serotonin that's produced to 90% in your gut as well. So whatever we eat has an effect on our emotions and on the emotional eating. Now, when we eat unhealthy things, such as a lot of carbohydrates, sugar, processed foods or so, this will have an effect on our gut, right? And hence on our emotions and emotional eating, on our hormones, neurotransmitters, and so on and so on. So it's very important, first of all, to make sure that you have a healthy gut, right? With the right food. So that's one thing. The other thing is that you might have a, um, an imbalance of the foods, of, of the macros you eat. Especially, I mentioned already the unhealthy part, but also if you have too many carbs and not enough protein and healthy fats, then you have the imbalance. Your blood sugar is not staying stable. And that often leads to the high in blood sugar. You crush down, you want to pick me up. So you eat more sugar, carbs, whatever it is, you go up, you go down, you go up, you go down. And that's basically mm-hmm. where it comes from. Yeah. So since we're talking about your uh, free f- food freedom formula, let's see, let's go through the five steps. So we sum them all together, because I know I have all these questions and we're picking and choosing here from your formula. Let's, let's dive, even if we repeat them, that's a great strategy too, is what are the five steps? Okay, great uh, to talk about that. Yes, absolutely. So um, the food freedom formula is basically there are five R steps that help me. So the first one is um, basically is to uh, find out really the root cause, right? Um, Really find out what is the root cause of your issues. And we talked already a little bit about, you know, what could be the issues of your emotional eating, of your weight issues, um, your struggling, or maybe your health issues also. So I'm huge and comes from a functional functional medicine uh, perspective, which I'm trained in a little bit, is really finding out the root causes and how that all fits together, right? Um, We mentioned the digestive system 
system is you if you have an imbalance if for example just to give you an idea if you don't have enough stomach acid and as we age the stomach acid decreases it's natural plus if we eat unhealthy and plus and other potential issues your stomach acid might be too low and that means it cannot break down the food into small little particles that can then be absorbed by further down the road your small intestines and even partially on the stomach. Now, if we ha if that happens, the body is not getting enough nutrients, vitamins, minerals, and so on. And basically is sending up a signal to the brain, bring on more food, right? The gut thinks of nutrients, the brain thinks of food, and we eat more because we think we need more nutrients. So that's, for example, one thing that very easily, just by adjusting um, you or finding out that the stomach acid is not enough, that might be an issue that you might be eating too much or have some other health concerns. Huge thing. So find out the root cause. Really, really important. Then the next step is reset your body's healing abilities. By resetting, I mean, sometimes the body is actually stuck. And you can imagine it like a pipe in your house. If that pipe is stuck, you can do what you want. Nothing happens, right? <laughs> we all had that, I guess, in our lives. I hope not everybody, but certainly I had it. And you can do whatever you want. You need to unblock that pipe, right? And you can imagine that pipe being what I mentioned, just your liver mostly, not only your liver, some other organs, but the liver plays a huge role in getting rid of toxins and obviously helping your um, digestive system work through things and is also very linked to your hormones, by the way. So if you have any liver issues or, you know, your liver has a, a toxic um, toxin overload, often that could affect your hormones, by the way. So you want definitely to make sure everything flows. So usually there, I would recommend a detox. And um, it's the way I work doing a detox is a very healthy way of nourishing while transforming fat soluble toxins into water solubles that can be safely transported. Very important. The third step is then once your body is actually able to heal is to repair the root cause, right? Before we found it out, now we need to repair it. So now we can actually address it, the stomach acid, um, balance your hormones, whatever it is, right? Work on those different areas. And only when your body is in health state, in healing, the weight will drop. The emotional eating will improve. Your heart condition maybe might improve and so on and so on. So we want to get that. And then of course, we mentioned about, uh, we talked already a little bit about it is then relearn healthy habits, right? Mm -hmm. So then we really want to learn those habits that keep us above in the different areas, eating, sleep, stress, um, exercise, of course, and so on. So we want really to have the habits that we can really come in and accountability is very important in there. And that's why, you know, people like you and I are working with our clients, right, to get them there, because habits are not happening overnight, right? It just takes time, accountability, and so on, and so on. And then the last step is rewire your mindset. Now, that is, of course, something we talked about, but I'm also most passionate about, probably is really to find out, okay, what is preventing you from getting there? Because often, I have a lot of my clients, and I'm sure you have that too, Heike, they know what they should be doing, right? Yeah. They, they are clever, they know more or less what they should be eating, perhaps not 100%, um, but they more or less have an idea and they're still not doing it because there's self-sabotage, there's the limiting mindset or whatever it is, the trauma that holds them back, whatever. And that's really important. And these five steps together is really what makes it. And where I have seen that, you know, clients of mine lost 20 to 50 pounds in six months, overcame emotional eating, have a better relationship with their body and with food. So many people are so overwhelmed about, you know, thinking all the time around food, what should I eat? What shouldn't I eat? They're stressed. It makes worse, right? Everything. Oh, so that's really how you overcome it. Yeah. When you think about these five steps and they make in, in my mind, total sense, because nothing works without connecting the mind and body and just going for another yo-yo diet or another like food, whatever, something to lose weight or feel better always backfires because they're they're also in short duration and they're so toxic to the system 
that the results show maybe just temporary. And I have a uh, a client who has been telling me that she, or a former client, I should say, that she's been on the keto diet for six weeks. And she says, and I haven't lost any weight, which brings me actually to the next question, which is clients that are trying to lose weight year after year and nothing works. What do you tell them? If you've been trying the same thing, you need to change, right? It's like, do something different, right? <laughs> exactly. And, and that's it. Um, the, the thing is, you know, diets just, I'm sorry, but they just don't work, right? They might give a short time relief. They might um, address a certain thing. But again, going back, you know, you need to combine this. You need to look at the root cause. Um, if you continue eating, you know, I see so many clients like keto, like you, I, I have plenty of people who come with keto seems to be a thing at the moment, right? And it's not working. And remember, it might work, not that I um, would recommend necessarily keto, because I don't believe it's healthy in the long term. There are a few exceptions, like epilepsy and so on, um, where I would maybe uh, consider it. But otherwise, if, um, you know, if that doesn't work in the long term, as a long-term plan, it's not good, right? Because in the end, you want something that's more like a lifestyle that you can keep, not something that stresses you, that's restrictive, that you actually, in general, hate. I, mean, I, I don't know anybody really who says, oh, yeah, I'm so excited. I have this diet. I mean, there might be four, but usually after a few days, I don't know. And it's really about, you know, changing it, yeah. Yep. And, and any listener who is doing keto guys, if this works for you and that's your jam, keep going. We're not trying to convince you. Otherwise, what we're teaching you here is the root causes, as Andrea says, is of how we can live better, healthier in a, in a holistic way, not supplements Absolutely. and things like that. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. I see that as well. I have planned, I have recently taken on one client her list of supplements was uh, the screen is not long enough right I think she was literally taking over 30 supplements plus some medicine as well a day which became toxic because she was uh, on some and I had to show her that you know she was taking in and five or six supplements there was vitamin a for example you know some of these things can become toxic when when you take too much and then a lot of people think then yeah if i take all the supplements or i do this diet or whatever you know i'm doing good um and then behind they do everything else not good right and wonder it's really about a full approach and you're absolutely right i don't say keto is a bad thing it could be it could be dangerous because keto can be deficient so again um, it's not necessarily a very good uh, long-term approach because there can be deficiencies happening so i would recommend really working with a with a professional together um, but it's more about the personalized approach right Agreed. If you read like Keto works for your friend or on Google or whatever, it doesn't mean it works for you. Yeah, yeah. And you got to always make a choice that's that's the healthiest and most educated decision. Like if somebody works with you and they, they get their five steps and you work with them individually or do you work with them in groups? I work. I work both. Um, I have so I have three main ways of working a few other programs. So I have a very exclusive one on one VIP program over six months. I don't work short term. I only work long time because those five steps take time. Right. And I really uh, pride myself to help my clients overcome the issues like for the rest of your, their lives. And I have plenty of clients who contact me years after and still are on, on track or have lost more weight or whatever it is. So that's really important. And so I have the one-on-one -on -one coaching program and then I have a really great group coaching program um, with, um, yeah, it's a little bit one-on-one -on -one and group, uh, but it's a great group dynamic as well. And then I have another program which is more around habits and it's more um, almost like self-study, but still with some one-on-one. -on -one. I just love personal my approach so at the moment I'm except small one small exception I don't just kind of you know throw out a program for anybody uh, I believe it's good to have the personalization in this market yeah I agree now if I were to come and, and the takeaway for somebody saying well what would she do with me when I come to her or perhaps what would be one thing Andrea would tell me that I should do that I could do right now even while listening to the show, perhaps, or, or even months later, it doesn't matter when you listen to this, 
Um, what would Andrea say, what should I do right now to change that pattern? The easiest step to start is, and that's sometimes, or mostly I start with my clients, is make the smallest little change that you can make and make sure you do it consistently. So if you want to implement exercise in your life and you've not exercised extensively before, just opt for one squat or push up or whatever, instead of going for half an hour or an hour of exercise. If you're drinking too little water, and by the way, water is big as well. Often we are dehydrated and we think we're craving food, right? So when that is, you know, just make sure you have your glass of water always there and you start with adding one glass of water, whatever, when your alarm rings or when you go to the bathroom or whatever it is, right? <laughs> Again, I go back to the tiny habits here. Um, the same with food, you know, start only maybe improving your breakfast or so and do that for a, a week at least or even more right or even ideally a month or so and then you know you can add another habit and another habit but make it small set yourself small goals and then count your wins immediately you who the celebration but then also a very good idea is to plan and look back review improve right and yeah. then implement yeah that's why they need somebody like you to have them coach you through because we don't know we're and when we're recording this interview we're between right in the smack middle and the holidays i did and we didn't want to make this episode all about the holidays because what we're teaching you here today applies to everything and every day in your life your lifelong habits but we are right now bombarded with already the new you in january the the next diet, the next gadget, whatever it is. And I want to ask Andrea before we wrap this up is why do we justify that January will be the new you and we keep repeating that cycle? What do you think? Over and over and over. It's a bit like with the dieting, right? What didn't yep. work? And if you've not been able to come up, you know, and, and stay on par with your new year's resolutions in the past 40 years or 20 years or depending how old you are right chances are it's not gonna happen now so maybe change something right so instead of you know just having that resolution i try doing this or whatever get a coach for example right i have my coach for me coaching is the best thing in the world right or um don't do it in new year's do it maybe at another time or so i mean just change something whatever it is but the new year's resolutions um i think they've done studies i don't know exactly the percentage but somewhere like 92 to 97 percent don't work sorry to tell you it's so frustrating and you know every every time when we come to this time of the year i want to bang my head against the wall i'm like people listen to us why don't you want to listen but we keep plugging along and we're also plugging along because you have some freebies for my audience. Would you like to talk about that, Andrea? I am excited about that. Absolutely. I love handing out um, some things that you can actually implement immediately and get help as well, right? Of course, I would love everybody to join my programs, but in case you're interested, uh, please let us know. Of course, I'm here for you and can guide you. But so I have two little freebies or good freebies, actually. So one is my, we spoke a lot about emotional eating and I have an ebook that I call Beat Your Emotional Cravings, More Food, Less Cravings ebook, right? And in there, you will learn easy tricks meditation routines and some strategies to beat cravings for good some things we talked to about today some things you can remember but also some other things that we haven't yet talked so you definitely want to check that out and you will have the link in the show notes and then the other thing I want really to um, extend here and I hope I'm not promising too much so we have probably to cap it a little bit I know you have a big audience so I will give uh, some space I will put some space uh, aside in my calendar for you guys and invite you to sign up for a free food freedom 
food freedom consultation. Now I'm struggling with my own words. <laughs> um, where basically, if you have any questions and if you want to find out how now you can apply that into your own life, maybe you've been struggling with dieting or with um, you know losing weight or you lost weight and you put it on or you have emotional eating issues or maybe some health issues and you actually want to hear based on what are your issues, not everybody else's, I will get with you on a call. And like this, we can really explore your goals, what you're struggling, why you're struggling, why you've been struggling so much. And we can put together an action plan that's unique only for you, right? Not for anybody else, but only for you that will help you to achieve those goals. And is that, do they go to your website to get to so work with you? The link I will also will also be shared in the show notes. I will send that to you so you can share that in here in the show notes. So um, there will be obviously a limit if I'm full, I'm full. Um, but so you want definitely when this airs, you want to sign up immediately. It's called the free food freedom consultation. And the link is, is in here. And I will probably open up spaces for about 10 people. Great. That's very generous offer, Andrea. I appreciate that. And I know my listeners appreciate it too. I'm sure they do. And I look forward meeting them personally, because now I have the pleasure of obviously talking with you and I really love it. I so enjoy it. Um, but I would love to get to know your listeners a little bit more and help them especially. There you go. Fantastic. Thank you so much for your time being here and sharing all your wisdom and great tips and answering a lot of the questions that I was asked by my clients and my women in the uh, empty nester women over 50 in my Facebook group. And that was already a huge help. But what we want, guys, is for anybody listening at any time is we want you to reach out to us on social media. You know, you can find me at Heike Yates and on Facebook, I'm at Heike Yates Pursue Your Spark. Instagram, it's just Heike Yates. And Andrea is on Instagram at Wellness Methods. And her links, like I said before, will be in the show notes. But we want you to talk to us. We don't want you just to listen to this recording and say, oh, cool. Now I listen to it. Okay. Maybe I get the freebie and maybe I'm going to sign up for Andrea. Go ahead and do it. But we want to keep the conversation going. We want to hear how this, this episode impacted you, what you learned. Maybe you have more questions right off the bat that I didn't think about to, to ask Andrea or anything is pertinent to what we talked about today. And also share this episode wide and far so anybody can learn more about that emotional eating is not something you should feel guilty about or feel bad about, but that there's ways to deal with this. Don't you agree, Andrea? I fully, you put it so nicely and you deserve really to overcome your struggles with it, right? It is possible. It is yep. really, you just need to find the right thing. And yes, I would love to talk uh, to you guys. Um, definitely. Let's, let's continue the conversation. And with that, my friends, that's it today at the Pursue Your Spark podcast. And I'll see you next time. Ciao. Bye.